Hi, you're listening to the Abundant Encounters podcast, and this is Mary Marsingill. We're so honored to have you. And just quickly, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to rate this podcast and give positive reviews anywhere you're listening, Apple, Google, and others. Just talk about what you're experiencing, or especially any encounters that you felt like you had during an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take five seconds right now to pray for our podcast and ministry to succeed. Five seconds might not sound like much, but we believe that our collective prayers will make a massive difference and protect and prosper these ministries' efforts to glorify and exalt Jesus. Our hope is simple, that people have real encounters with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Please join us now for just five seconds to pray. Thank you so much. Here's Josh. Thanks for joining us on a new episode of the Abundant Encounters podcast. My name is Joshua Marsingill, and I'm your host here. Encounters are really about meeting the God that you've been talking about, you know. And whether that's your first time or it's been too long or it's, you know, just old hat. It's something that we are invited to do every day, as many times a day as we want. Um, Meeting with God is no joke. I mean, it it is something that heals us from the inside out. We need Him. Jehovah Rapha doesn't just heal like physically, but soul and spirit. He is the full package. He's what's been missing, no doubt about that. So this podcast is concentrated on helping you develop the, you know, the discipline, whatever you want to call it, but to help you to just kind of bring into your life regular moments uh, a healthy attitude, a healthy appetite for encountering the reality of God. God is real. He's the best part. I mean, He is the best part of all of it. So what we do is we share the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you get two things. You get a hearing ear. And your faith increases. Come on. That's exciting. And after we do that, we're going to go into a a little activation, a little teaching, then a little activation. And I believe that many of you are really going to encounter God. That's It's so simple. He made it so easy for us. And um, if we position ourselves to receive, then He's already pouring it out. And some of you can even feel him now. It didn't take much. Just a little music in the background, and you can feel him pouring out his love on us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I bind up distraction. I bind up anything that would try to hinder this time between you and your beloved. The listener, the person listening, the Bible calls you his beloved. 
and I pray for God to come and reveal that to you, to begin to stretch out your heart, to receive everything he's got for you. It'll be a big old, big old heart, just able to receive from God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Just begin to feel Him now. He is there. He is everywhere. He made everything. He's in it all. We're in Him. We're inside of Him. Begin to take that in. Be present. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Be there, stay there. You're inside of God. He's inside of you too, but sometimes it's fun just to place ourselves, position ourselves in Him. We are there, but it's good to acknowledge it. We're reading from Romans 11, and we're reading from the Mirror Bible. I love the Mirror Bible. It's a it's an awesome translation, and um, you really want to get a hold of it just for the commentary. I've explained that several times, but uh, the commentary is fantastic. It's going to make you think. And it's also just a really poetic, up-to-date um, translation, so it's fun to read. And uh, they have a wonderful app that they continually update, because it's not the whole Bible, it's just the books that um, the translator has translated. So I um, highly recommend that. It's $20, and um, they allow us to use it for this podcast, so we're really grateful. And we just want to just highlight their, um, their offering. All right, so we're reading from Romans 11. I want to make it clear that I am not saying that God rejected Israel. My own life bears witness to that. And I am as Jewish as you can get. You can trace me back to Benjamin and Abraham. God did not push his people aside. His reference is his knowledge of them before they rejected him. Scripture accounts occasions where God had abundant reason to abandon Israel. Elijah hits out against them and lists their sins to persuade God to utterly cast them off. Lord, they butchered your prophets and undermined your provision through the sacrificial altar. I am the only one left, and scared to death. Yet God answers him in a completely different tone. You are counting wrong. You are not alone. I have seven times a thousand on reserve who have not bowed the knee to Baal. They have not exchanged me for a foreign owner. Thus, Even in today's context, God's original word of grace has preserved a remnant of much larger proportion than what we can number. Grace cannot suggest debt or obligation at the same time. The word grace can only mean what it says. 
The same argument goes for mankind's good works. If salvation or any advantage, for that matter, is to be obtained according to prescribed regulations of conduct, then that's it. No amount of grace can change the rules. Grace means grace and work means work. The very thing Israel sought to obtain through their diligent labor, they failed to get. Yet those who embrace grace as God's original intent hit the bullseye every time, leaving the rest groping around in the dark like blindfolded archers. Isaiah said that God has given them a spirit of slumber, causing their eyes and ears not to function. This drowsiness seems to prevail even to this day. David sees how the very table of blessing has become a stumbling block to them through their ignorance. The table of the Lord is the prophetic celebration of the sacrificed lamb, where God himself provides redemption according to the promise. Yet therein they were trapped and snared, and they stumbled by their own unbelief. Now their only reward is the table they set for themselves. This is the penalty of their disbelief, eyes that constantly failed to focus on the fact that Christ took their burdens, and now their backs are still bending to the point of breaking under the strain of their own burdens. Does this mean that the Jews are beyond redemption? Is their stumbling permanent? No. May it never be too late for them. Their failure emphasized the inclusion of the Gentile nations. May it only prove to be their wake-up call. If their stumbling enriched the rest of the world and their lack empowered the Gentiles, how much more significant will their realizing the completeness be? In my capacity as a representative of the good news to the Gentiles, I will speak in such a way that the clarity of my conclusion will provoke my own flesh and blood family to jealousy. I know that my words will rescue many of them. The Gentile nations realize their inclusion in Christ, in a sense, at the expense of the Jews. To now also embrace the Jews in the welcome of God is to raise them from the dead. The seed sets the pace. It sanctifies what sprouts from it. Seed produces after its kind. If the invisible root is holy, so are the visible branches. And if some of the original branches were broken off, and you Gentiles, like a wild olive, were grafted in to partake of the same nourishing fatness of the roots, then there is no cause for boasting against the ignorance of the Jews, because you are now suddenly better off than they are. Remember the roots sustain the branches, and not the other way around. There is no point in thinking that in order to accommodate you, God had to first break off the Jewish branches. Their unbelief was their loss. Your faith is your gain. God could do them no favors just because they were the natural branches. Neither does God now owe you any special privileges. Both God's goodness, as well as his decisiveness, 
are based on his integrity. Unbelief is not tolerated, not in them, neither will it be tolerated in you. His favor is not to be taken for granted. Instead, continue to embrace and appreciate his goodness with gratitude. The moment Israel turns from their unbelief, God is ready to immediately grab them back into the tree. You were cut out of the unfruitful olive tree and were grafted into the stock of the original tree. How much more will these natural branches be grafted again into their original identity? Do not be ignorant then of the mystery of their temporal exclusion, their blindness Open your eyes to the fullness of God's plan for the whole world. Once the nations realize the full extent of their inclusion, then all Israel shall also be saved. Just as it is written prophetically, There shall come a deliverer out of Zion. He shall turn ungodliness away from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, that I shall take away their sins. In your estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel, but their father's love for them has not changed. He knows their original worth. For God's grace gifts and his persuasion of mankind's original identity are irrevocable. In days gone by, you did not believe God, yet in a sense, Israel's unbelief opened the door for you to realize God's mercy. Now you are returning the favor, as it were, your testimony of his mercy extends an opportunity to them to turn from their unbelief and embrace mercy. In God's calculation, the mass of mankind is trapped in unbelief. This qualifies all mankind for his mercy. Oh, how amazing is the depth of the wealth of God's wisdom and knowledge the understanding of his judgments can only be sourced in a conversation that originates from above. His ways are only accessible in the footprints of his thoughts. Who inspired his thoughts? Who sat in counsel with him? Is God indebted to anyone? Everything originates in him, finds both its authentic expression and ultimate conclusion in him. His opinion rules the ages. We cannot but agree with our yes and all. Amen. It's amazing how um, well, how painful it can be to not be able to accept that we're in a fallen reality. You know, uh, if our thinking is so black and white that everything's either good, all good, or everything's all bad, then uh, we run into some serious challenges in life because we live in this place. So, for example, if you, um, on an average day, you kind of run into 
uh, a mild accidental failure in some way, shape, or form, if it crushes you and makes you feel like everything else is just worthless, you know, like you can't even see it, maybe it's all you can see is this one little moment, then uh, you're kind of suffering from this black and white thinking that that uh, that there's no goodness where things are bad. And God loves the process. He really would have taken us out of it if he thought it was important. He wants us to grow here. And the whole thing about grace is that it we grow even when we don't do exactly right. And grace is just infinite. Either he paid it all or he didn't pay enough. We need him to do it again. So, so we know he did. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. He paid enough for each and every one of our sins, no matter what. Our past, our present, our future. When Jesus tells the rich young ruler, no one is good except for my Father in heaven, he's explaining something, you know. In this fallen reality, no one is good. There's no all good, all bad, except for God. And God is holy. He's set apart. He's unique. That's what that word means. He's set apart. It means unique. He is, no one is like him, you know. We are made in his image. Uh, but that doesn't make us like him, you know, because he's, there's just so many qualities that God has that we could never have, thankfully. We don't want to have uh, the ability to judge all things at all. I mean, just overwhelming to think about that but there's so many things about God that we are like of course and um, he's giving us the path to become more and more like him at all times through grace so when we're uh, the word is dogmatic when we're just stuck in our dogma and we can't adjust, we can't bend, we break, and it's painful, then, you know, some of us are trying to live in this fallen reality which we were not created for, um, you know, the Lord is sharing his resilience with us, but we just weren't made to have emotions that we're having where we weren't made to experience suffering like we're suffering and so these are traumatic events that um, in a lot of ways we we can at least experience being ill-fitted for but God is providing what we need And, um, you know, the devil, he is the one that is depressed. He is the one that is sad and, um, and raging 
and uh, all these things and and he tries to get that into us you know this is the kind of fallenness he created he's like hey I'm gonna make a world well his world stinks you know and it is everything that we don't like about our reality it's the bad things that happens to good people it's when we have the best motives and things still don't work out it's hard But it just doesn't help if we have a dogma that says things either are all good or they're all bad. The Bible has this very, very helpful scripture that says all things are pure to the pure at heart. And the truth is, is we know that God created all things. There's goodness in everything. That's the rescue bit. God is rescuing the goodness of every little thing. But it, in, in being able to experience the good that's in the bad, our hearts have to come to a place of purity. And that can be achieved through forgiveness. That can be achieved through just comfort and... Uh, connection we need that stuff and um, because when we experience something difficult then you know we need to feel the feelings can't just be moving on all the time and pressing things down So perhaps there's something, something drove you to listen to this podcast today and you got to believe that there's really no such thing as coincidence, you know, and um, I definitely do. More and more as I live my life, uh, um, I've just, just noticed how intentional God is. He's wildly intentional about us. It inspires me toward intention. He's so intentional. He does everything he can, you know, I mean, and he can do everything. It's true. But he's not going to step on our toes. You know, he gave us some authority and he is very much in charge, but he's released control over to us. You know, he's empowered us through Christ and so here we are in this fallen world and we get some bumps and bruises uh, we start to deal with something in a, in a way that we just we know we can't sustain maybe it's uh, alcohol or it's uh, you know something that started off pretty innocent but it's just out of control and you want it to kind of reverse well it's because something's missing and, um, you know, addiction can be a spirit. And guess what? You know, spirits, they have no choice. They have to submit to the authority that Jesus Christ paid for you to have. So just briefly, we'll cast off any demonic presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command any demonic presence, anything that's not with Christ, to 
right now and immediately leave in Jesus' name. And I'll clap. That's done. And now, if there's something, if you're feeling something being released or something doing, go ahead and just breathe out or anything you need to. Shake it off, stand up, turn around, whatever you got to do. But that's all there is to that. We have authority. That authority is enough. And uh, sometimes we make that stuff into too big of a deal. But really, the damage that gets done and the emptiness of the house is what we're filling with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into these houses, into our house. And He fills it. He decorates. He puts things on the wall. He chooses the furniture He wants to be in there. He moves in. He's the, he's the invited house guest that takes up so much space within you that nothing can ever get back in. And, um, and he cares about the bruises and the wounds that attract those demonic forces in the first place. He cares about those. He wants to heal those up. And if there's really something missing from our experience, maybe we missed it somewhere, he already knows what that is, and he can give it to us. So what we're going to do for the activation is we're just going to take a minute begin to be present and connect with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is amazing. He's tangible. You may be able to feel Him or sense Him somehow. Um, Just lower the bar for God. But connect. Step into your imagination, the imagination that he made and can use for his good. Begin to imagine him. Imagine Jesus. Holy Spirit can just walk you right over to Jesus. Jesus is there. Picture his face, picture his hands, his shoulders. What's his posture? What's his facial expression? Is he saying something? You know, as you begin to communicate with Jesus, I just want you to know that, you know, nothing is hitting from him anyway, so especially if you're dealing with with a really unwanted emotional reaction to something or or uh, some kind of addiction that's getting out of control this is where you're going to hand that over to him and you know it is a good idea to start with a very sincere i'm sorry i don't know where this got away from me I love you, and I want to put you first, not this thing. And uh, you know me so well, you know my heart, and 
you know that that's what I want. But it's so hard. I just tell him in your own words and just be real. Like, it's so hard, but I want you to take this from me. You're going to begin to feel him, I believe, pulling on that thing and taking it from you. Jesus is very much into exchanges, and even though you may not feel like you deserve it, he wants you to have something in exchange for this. He designed it that way. So just let him pull it all the way out of you. Maybe you can even see him just kind of like a tug of war, kind of pulling all this stuff out of you. And if you're tugging back, just let go of the rope. (laughs) Let go. Let him have all of it. Jesus knows exactly what to do with that. With that addiction, with that that emotional reaction, maybe anger or something. Or, you know, it could just be an excessive amount of sadness or maybe you're covering things up with just very unauthentic not authentic um, joy or something like that and it's just not real and you know that but that's what you do you just run to it and you hide behind it let him pull it out of you Jesus Jesus has joy all the time so he has no shortage on that you have nothing to worry about Just let him pull all of it out. And you know, make sure that he gets it out of all the areas in your body. And just go ahead and check and check your hands, check your wrist, your arms and your legs, your toes, your neck, your torso, everywhere. Your head, your eyes. Get it all out, Jesus. Pull it all out of me and visualize it the best you can with your imagination. Just visualize him doing it, pulling all of it out of you. And give it all the time that you need. But here's what's going to happen. When he's done pulling it out, I want you to ask Jesus and don't answer for him. It's very important that you don't try to make up what he's going to say. You just give him a chance to answer. That's the best part. He may really surprise you. That's usually what he does. He wants us, he wants to confirm that he's really communicating with you and He knows how to do that. He's so brilliant. Um, But what you're going to ask him is, well, maybe thank him first. Thank you for taking all of that. And then ask him with all boldness. You know, it's not pride. You just know that he wants to give you something. So say, what do you, Jesus, what do you have for me in exchange?
I remember one time I was in a, a sozo session with um, with uh, someone and they were walking me through this exercise in a similar way and and um, they said, you know, Jesus wants to hand you a gift in exchange and and so as I received it, it was a treasure chest and I popped the top open and within it, I saw hope and it was like a little fireball of sorts, but it wasn't fire. I couldn't explain it. It looked like a star almost. And um, took it out and uh, pushed it into my heart. I felt it go all the way in. I could feel it. And I, I went through the motions. And um, so I took it out of the box with my, you know, and I moved my hands and the uh, facilitator was there watching me of course and and I'm just doing it and I took it out of the box and I pushed it into my chest and I said it out loud I said you know what Jesus if you want to give me hope I receive hope from you and honestly that was a true act of humility we have to receive from Jesus so be humble and receive this this precious gift because he doesn't give bad gifts. Receive this precious gift that he has for you. Yes. I take some time here before this podcast is ended and just ask Jesus about this gift and begin to spend time with him understand it seek understanding you will find it what does it practically mean for your life what is what is going to change get to know what you've just exchanged for and um Talk to Jesus about how it's going to play into your daily life. I bless you.
today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.